Hello and welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. This is our movie show where we bring you the latest movie and TV news. A Fletch reboot? Sure, why not? What's Disney's next live action movie? Well, there's been a bunch of Peter Pans, so let's do another one again. Uh, but before we get to all of that, once again, here's an update on the movie world uh, amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Back with a vengeance, I guess. And it's more release dates. You said before, that seems to be what this segment is. And for the most part, Pretty it nice. is. But I've added something a little bit extra. But first, let's start with Universal. They have changed release dates for a number of upcoming horror films. Candyman will now release October 16th. Still this year, though. That one I'm happy about. When was that coming out? Was that September, was it? Yeah, thereabouts. I mean, the 16th of October makes... Yeah, 16th of October does make sense for that movie, but they're usually maybe September. They have like a a lead into Halloween, don't they? So I think that one does work. And I'm glad that we're still getting it this year. Forever Purge, which that's the final Purge movie, isn't it? That's been moved to July 9th next year. Halloween Kills, October 15th next year. And Halloween ends on October 14th, 2022. So both those movies have been pushed back a year. Oh, well, well, they need it. I mean, Halloween needs to come out around Halloween. Um, Obviously, Candyman, they want out. So residual effect, they've just pushed it back. Honestly, I enjoyed the latest Halloween movie. But the fact that we're having to wait, I'm, I'm perfectly fine. The one I'm more interested in is Candyman. And mm. as, as it stands at the moment, this could change in two weeks' time, but at the moment, <laughs> we're still getting Candyman this year. There's still a bit of time until October. Um, Monster Hunter has been delayed until April 2021. So that was uh, this year as well, was it? I'm guessing. That's the Miller Djokovic movie. I think Tony Jaa is in that one as well it looks pretty interesting it's not one that's necessarily you know been on my to watch list but i thought it was worth mentioning because that was one along with venom 2 that didn't seem to be moving for quite a while where now they finally moved that one i mentioned that this segment wasn't all going to be changes to release dates with the growing interest surrounding virtual production techniques Made all the more notable amid COVID-19, Bron Media Corps announced the launch of Bron Digital, a virtual production and service company that will develop and produce animation for series, television, short-form content, and motion pictures. So the company is producing animated projects, including Fables, using its remote work capabilities amid COVID-19. So Fables is an adaption of the Vertigo comic series where it's like modern day but fairy tales but i was curious because i did i did recognize the name bron so i thought where have i seen that and then straight away joker ah they were one of the, yeah. uh, the production companies working on joker also ghostbusters afterlife so they are quite prominent because when i first heard them i thought oh is this like a small company looking to branch out but now this is an already established production company that is making the extra effort to have people work from home and produce animated content. Yeah. I mean, like, like yourself, like the name did ring a bell, but I was like, I've got no idea. Like I couldn't 
put a name to it. So no, those titles, it's, you know, they have are a little bit established there. Um, and I guess lastly, uh, amid all the COVID talk, uh, Marvel's Falcon and the Winter Soldier will not be debuting on Disney Plus in August after production was delayed back in March. So we don't have a new date, just the old coming soon. Honestly, back in November, I paid for the year. Disney Plus, <laughs> and now this. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, okay. You got the Mandalorian. You got that Jeff Goldblum show. Um, Hamilton. Have you watched Hamilton? That's no, a, big, that's. Yeah. I, I don't need Hamilton. Enough people like Hamilton. it. They don't need me watching it. <laughs> You've already paid. They don't care. <laughs> exactly right. But this is an interesting one. I, I kind of thought Falcon and Winter Soldier would move. They were shooting in Prague. It got shut down. There was talks of them restarting and then delayed. So the fact that they're officially saying it's going to be next year, that makes sense. I did read that WandaVision was also going to get moved to next year, but then there was a follow-up report saying that, no, WandaVision will still be coming out this year. Is that good? So could that potentially be the first Disney Plus Marvel show? Is that what we're... I think it will be, yeah. Ooh, interesting. And it's one that I'm generally interested in. But they've got to be careful with that one because it really... From what we've heard, it really does play into Doctor Strange 2. It's connected That's to fun. that film. So they need WandaVision to, I'm assuming, to come out first. But either way, WandaVision is said to be staying this year. I don't know the month. But yeah, Falcon, Winter Soldier, next year. It's, 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 it's mind-boggling that it's been over a, year, over a year since we got our MCU fix. Um having uh, i'm having withdrawals man (laughs) like it's it's rough yeah they've been pretty consistent since iron man Mm. and spider-man far from home in july last year oh wow like it's weird anyway well that's enough COVID talk let's move on to (laughs) oh is that what we're calling actually COVID talk maybe that could be the new maybe we shouldn't (laughs) no no let's uh, let's not label it yeah now let's just move on to trailer talk as a better sound to it all right, Project Power. Um, we got Jamie Fox, uh, Dominic Fishback, and Joseph Gordon Lovett. Um, in this movie, they unlock superpowers with a single pill. So this is a new trailer for the Netflix movie Project Power. What do you think? Until I saw a teaser poster, or the or the character posters, and then the trailer, I had no idea this was a thing. Came mm. out of nowhere for me. The premise, um, though. Looks cool. interesting. Like, Looks interesting. The, yeah, you can take one pill and have uh, superpowers for like what is it, five minutes or something like that, or whatever, or a couple minutes, six minutes. I don't know. But not and just that. A, chance. Like, a different pill will give you a different power, so you don't know what you're getting. You could get a really cool power mm. that's going to help you, benefit you, or you could get a really bad power. Or you could just die or something. Isn't it like one, if you take one pill, you could just die. Like, I don't know if you just blow up. Or maybe the power is too much for you. I don't know, you just combust. But it, looks, it looks decent. It really does. The trailer's look- cut. The trailer's cut pretty, pretty well. Like it seems very energetic. And I'm like, okay, this is exciting. So hopefully the movie is just as exciting. The, the, like the, the tone and stuff, though, I, I feel like... You know that movie Limitless and I guess also the television series that followed, the idea of you just take a pill and it sort of unlocks something inside of you, you know, 
in that movie it was you come reverse very similar to that and i suppose they're going to play on the sort of you know like the drug addiction side of the whole thing so like i'm addicted to superpower pills or whatever they call them but in the meantime we get joseph gordon lovett getting shot in the face we get uh jamie (laughs) fox going super scion looks pretty cool it looks like at the very least we'll get some really good visuals can we just talk a little bit about Queeby? I don't think we have it here in Australia, do we? At least I. Queeby or Quibby or whatever. Whatever yeah. it is. I know they had their launch in the US and it was free for like a couple of months. Well, they really went long on their trial period. And apparently they lost a large percentage of subscribers as soon as they had to charge. But they still seem to be putting out all this new content. And just like when they started, now they're still going after big names. I want to talk about the trailer for Die Hard. Straight away you think, Die Hard, but it's Kevin Hart. See what they did there? Yes, yes. In order to become the ultimate action star, Kevin Hart must first learn a thing or two from John Travolta and Nathalie Emmanuel. Yeah, so this is Kevin Hart playing fictionalized version of yes. Kevin Hart. He's playing himself to an extent. Um, I mean, yeah, he is known for being, you know, like the sidekick, the comedic relief in whether it be a duo of, 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 of something in, in an action film. And the, you know, there's the joke is like, Oh, you know, Dwayne Johnson's latest action flick and you're, you're there playing his buddy. It actually it happens. So he goes to, he goes to action movie star school yeah, as a concept, I like it. And I think I'd actually like it more as a film that I'd watch. Instead of being short form, bite-sized entertainment. Because I don't even know if Quibi, Quibi, whatever, how you pronounce it, if you can So is this not, it. so this isn't going to be a full feature film, is it? No, 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 no. This, it's bite-sized entertainment. Or maybe even if it is a film, they release it in segments. You don't get... It's meant to be bite-sized entertainment because what they're looking at doing with their, their content is to watch on a smartphone or a tablet. And even if you look at the, like the TV poster for Die Hard, it's a thin, tall poster. So it fits and acts as a wallpaper for your smartphone. That's what they're going for. They're trying to target commuters, people that are on the way to school, on the way to work, that have maybe they've got... 15 minutes on the bus or the train and they can have short bursts of content that's the whole point i've heard of, of Weeby. i've heard of this idea and i was just like that and my th- thoughts are still the same ridiculous what but a moronic but again no, I, don't, I don't think we we have it here in australia but it's it's you know it's been out in the u.s for quite a while now that's, that's but silly attracting big names and Die Hard that's due to stream July 20th they've got another one on there I think it's called Flipped and it is uh, Will Forte who I'm a big fan of and it's him in a comedy and it's like a home renovation show only there's drugs involved and hijinks and the cartel or whoever involved and it looks fun but again it's it's bite-sized content I couldn't it's essentially webisodes. It's yes, webisodes. It is. And you know what? 
Lots of people don't give a shit about webisodes. <laughs> but you can, oh, yeah. I know, but you can watch webisodes on your TV. You can watch it on your desktop. Whereas this, it's for a tablet. That's nuts. I don't know. It's just, you're going too far, guys. You're just going too far. We've got side uh, but, but the point <laughs> being, though, without you knowing what Queeby was, based on that trailer, it looks pretty It looked fun. like a movie I wanted to watch. It looks it like, yeah. like... They've just lost now. I don't want to watch it. An audience. They lost me because I want to watch a movie. I just pointed out my giant television screen. Um, <laughs> I want to watch a movie. You couldn't see it, but I did it. Um, yeah, I want to watch a film. I don't want to, you know, if I wanted to watch, I'd watch this little YouTube clips. Then, if I wanted to to do that, like I'll scroll scroll on Facebook and watch people being dickheads like to one another. That's bite sized entertainment for myself. I don't need a theatric like a theatrically made bite-sized piece of entertainment i'm so angry uh chucky chucky's back an old friend returns a chucky original series is coming to usa and sci-fi in 2001 and this is carrying on the continuity from the films so brad Dorf is back is voicing chucky once again but what's interesting here that we've known for a while that's coming to sci-fi but now it's also coming to usa and that seems to be happening more and more. Like another example would be Stargirl. Not only is that on the DC Universe app, it's also been shown on the CW. And I think that's a good way of reaching a wider audience, but it's also potentially a way of increasing the budget. So USA is a, is a streaming service or is it a, that like a television is, I'm pretty sure it's a US network. Oh, okay. Just like sci-fi is. Okay. So they, they, they're thinking more channels, the better, I guess. Well, that's fine. That's all good. It happened for Doom Patrol. Like they, they started on the DC Universe streaming app, and now it's moved to HBO Max for its second series as a way of reaching a wider audience. But anyway, Chucky. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in seeing more Chucky. I did enjoy um, the recent reboot. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, but it would be good to go back to the original and see the further yeah. adventures. One thing from the reboot, I was like, I'd rather just have original Chucky. So that's this is that. So that's this cool. is that. The trailer, this trailer, you don't get much. It's it's very much a teaser. Um, I mean, you see him. It's all set sort of within a sort of a toy store, big large shop of some sort. Um, yeah, creepy music, lots of words on the screen. So you don't see much, but it's original Chucky. That's yeah, the, so it's, I guess what, it's what we're mainly talking about is the release date, but I thought it was interesting that so early on they managed to put together a teaser. I thought it was pretty cool. Okay, well, that's it for trailer talk. Now on to movie news. Um, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Here we go. Uh, Junkie XL is returning to score the Snyder Cut. And he'll be using work previously created by Hans Zimmer, including the Man of Steel theme. This is interesting. Yes, sold. I love Zimmer's Man of Steel theme. And that was the thing when Joss Whedon came on board and took over Justice League, or finished it, should I say. He also brought along Danny Elfman, who I am a fan of. But he really gave a different sound to what we'd had starting with Man of Steel. So it'd be great to see a Justice League movie and it not only look like, you know, we're not only going to see Snyder's vision, 
we're going to get the sound in Junkie XL score. Yeah, no, that's right. Like as much as I know you do, you know I do. Like John Williams Superman score, um, Danny Elfman's Batman score. Like we love them. So it's not like you know we didn't uh, I didn't appreciate the music hearing it on the on the big screen you know when when watching Justice League, but it just it didn't feel right. So I'm glad that that's something that's being addressed and sort of I guess changed. And, you know, we don't just need to shit on Justice League again. But the moment when they first chose <laughs> to use the John Williams theme, it was when Superman came back and he was fighting the Justice League. That oh, was the yeah. wrong moment. No, yeah. <laughs> when he'd wrong come moment. back yeah. in a blue and red suit to save the day, stop... Who the hell was the villain? Steppenwolf? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> the villain. That's the one. Yeah, you know, yeah. he was like, ah, oh, he is Superman. And it's sort of like, ah, oh, the Superman, he's, he's here. Maybe. That, you know what? That was a decent moment when he came back in. Yeah, anyway. But the first use of John Williams' theme was just misguided. Why? <laughs> Why? We've got some casting news for Black Adam, the Shazam spin-off. Noah Centineo will play the character Atom Smasher alongside Dwayne Johnson's Black Adam in the upcoming DC EU film. Okay, so I don't know this character, so you're going to have to fill me in with your extensive knowledge. Okay, Atom Smasher is a guy (laughs) that has the ability to increase his size and strength. But the importance for me of having this character included, he is a member of the Justice Society of America. And we've not really seen these characters too often. We got them um, for a few episodes of Smallville, We're getting them now currently in the Stargirl TV series, but on the big screen, it's not happened before. And we talked about the fact that in a previous episode, Hawkman could appear and other members of the JSA. And it gets me very excited because in the comics, Black Adam does have ties to the JSA. So is this character similar to the Adam? No, he shrinks. Atom Smasher gets big. Okay. It goes the other way. I mean, you know, Marvel has, uh, you know, that one guy who does both, but whatever, that's fine. All good. <laughs> Listen, there's an episode. Hey, they're both. There's an episode caught. of Legends of caught. Tomorrow. And the episode <laughs> aired ahead of Ant-Man going giant and Ray Palmer, the Atom, he went giant. He did it first. We've <laughs> talked about before how Marvel and DC have characters with powers exactly. that are very similar. But Atom Smasher, yeah, that is essentially his thing. I think so he's like a second. can do both. So this guy's kind of redundant. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just playing. But uh, it sounds. But in, okay, let, let's. Um, okay, yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> let me be honest. He's never been a favourite character of mine, but it's a character <laughs> that I've known of. And I guess it's, it's not just going to be about his powers. It's going to be the character, the personality, what the actor brings to the role, all of that, which will hopefully do enough to separate Atom Smasher from. The Atom. But I mentioned the actor (laughs) playing Atom Smasher. Honestly, the more we say Atom Smasher, the more ridiculous it sounds. But anyway, moving on. It just sounds, it sounds naughty. (laughs) (laughs) But the actor though, uh, Noah Centino, he recently got cast as Prince Adam He-Man. Right, okay. Does this movie mean that that's delayed again? Because that movie has been delayed quite a few times. It can't do both. Not at the same time anyway. Well, I don't know. 
Yeah, they, yeah, especially they, oh, just, let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. Um, here's a character you probably know a little bit about, Constantine. Uh, new reports suggest a live-action Constantine, Constantine film is in the works at Warner Brothers with J.J. Abrams producing. Um, it is unclear if it'll be a reboot, but I'm going to assume it is. This Surely. week... What's the day? I think maybe, is it the 23rd of July? It's where that San Diego Comic-Con, they're doing Comic-Con at home. Mm. You know, everybody's getting involved, the big studios, the comic publishers, and one of the panels, it's going to be a Constantine reunion panel. It's a 15, yeah, the 15-year anniversary of the Keanu Reeves movie. And some people are thinking maybe this could end up being a continuation of that. What are you hoping for, though? I I'd think ha- it would I'd be, be unlikely, happy with but... that. I'd be happy with that because the Keanu Reeves Constantine is different enough from the character that to continue, we're going to continue to get something different. If you're looking for a closer, more faithful adaption of the character, we're getting that on TV already with Matt Ryan. Right, so you don't think you need that. So I don't so, think okay. we need Keanu Reeves, 2005. I think that's when it came out, Constantine. Matt Ryan, Constantine. And then a third. But only three. So let's. <laughs> I'd like them to bring back Reeves. And the director of the original has said that he's... And he's a part of this as well. And he said that, you know, he's got an idea for a sequel. I'd like okay. to see more, personally. <laughs> Fair enough. Although at the time, like, yeah, he... I had a good enough idea of Constantine from the comics and then watched the movie and thought, oh, well, that's he's a cool character, but it's different. But anyway, it would be good to spend more time with that character. Fletch, we're getting a reboot. John Hamm has signed on to star in and produce a reboot of the 80s film Fletch with Superbad and Arrested Development director Greg Matola attached to direct. Cool. Well, you are, are you a fan of Fletch? Or, or Fletch Lives, even? Not really. I've seen them. I own them on DVD, and I, I've watched them and <laughs> liked them for the most part. But at the time, growing up, I was a big Chevy Chase fan, so I was more watching yeah. it for him. But I mean, his character is a journalist, also a master of disguise. I think that's his whole thing. I remember there were talks a while. I can't remember when it was. Of, uh, Zach Braff. Yes. From Scrub, potentially doing uh, like a Fletch revival reboot, whatever. Um, so I guess that obviously isn't happening now, but <laughs> I think that would have worked pretty well. So that's a that's a shame. But John Hamm, though, like he, he could be good though because I think if you look at his his movies or movies he's appeared in comedies, he's never a big player and he's got a bit part and he always does it really well. So he, he seems you know he's got a funny bone, a good sense of humour. And he always plays the parts really well. So it's going to be interesting seeing him headline a comedy. We've not had that yet. Something we've never had before, um, a Peter Pan, a live-action movie. Can you believe it? Um, Jude Law is in talks to play Captain Hook in Disney's upcoming live-action Peter Pan movie, Peter Pan and Wendy. I mean, that's the first at least as a title. We've not had that. <laughs> we've not had that <laughs> Can we do differently? Before. Change the title. <laughs> you know, I'll, I think it's, it's going to take a lot for me. Like my favourite interpretation of Peter Pan ever is Hook by Steven Spielberg. Yeah, sure. He's been very public about not liking that movie. 
but I am a big a big fan of it, and it's my favourite take What's, on the character. What Steven Spielberg doesn't? Yeah, like Spielberg movie. doesn't like it, and wow. the movie was a movie. was a flop. It is his movie, <laughs> but it's it's his movie that when talking about movies, if he's to look back at his career, which ones stand out that he doesn't necessarily like? That's one that he's mentioned on numerous occasions. Oh, crazy. But we're not talking about Hook. We're talking about Peter Pan and Wendy and Jude Law as Captain Hook. I mean, like, give him a moustache, put a hat on him, give him a hook. Yeah, okay. (laughs) It's interesting, though, that they're not just doing a live-action adaption of their classic Peter Pan movie. They're obviously... Are they? I don't know. Then why call it Peter Pan, Peter Pan and Wendy? I don't know. It makes it to me. It makes it sounds like something. It's made you know maybe something different. Because Wendy's just as important as Peter Pan. I don't know. Female character put her in the title. Would this be Disney's first live action Peter Pan movie? Um, I'm going to say yes. Yeah, because Peter Pan's obviously public domain. Anyone can make it. I mean, anyone has. We mentioned Hook. That was. Columbia Pictures, I believe. Yeah. Then there was that and other then, Peter Pan from then like there was, 2005 or something, maybe earlier. I remember the trailer for that one. Oh, and, and Pan? It was Pan with like Plops. Hugh Jackman. That was cool. But yeah, and then mm. Hugh Jackman. So yeah, there has been a lot. But this is going to be Disney's and first live action one. Mm. Let's talk Chicken Run... Two. Uh, last episode, we we're talking about the fact that there is going to be a Chicken Run Two at Netflix without Mel Gibson. <laughs> well, also without Julia Swalha. And I didn't yes. know that the uh, the character Ginger was voiced by the daughter from Ab Fab. I had no yes. idea. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The story. I saw a picture of her. I'm like, oh my god, that's I had who she no is. Yeah. Idea. Um, okay, so Julia, she voiced Ginger in the 2000 original. Well, she's recently hit out after learning she was getting the chop alongside Gibson, whose character Rocky is also being recast, despite her proving her voice hasn't aged. So she's essentially been aged out of the role, and it's not live action. She'd yeah, only so be this, providing it's... her voice. It's ridiculous. And the fact that she's actually gone to the effort of, and she shouldn't have had to do this, but she's gone to the effort of proving the fact that she still sounds like Ginger. Not aged at all. Which is it's crazy. crazy. Look, the Mel Gibson thing aside, we know there's other stuff, uh, you know, related to it. It's, you know, whatever. That's fine. It is what it is. Um, but for Julia Sawalha, it, it makes no sense. No. And you know what? For me, I'm starting to get red flags with this movie. The next stage will be they announce that it is going to be CGI and not stop no, motion. And no, I'll be like, no. I'm out. I'll Our be like, I'm out. wouldn't do that. I mean, yes, they did it flushed away, but they wouldn't <laughs> do it again. <laughs> they would do it again. <laughs> you know, I can't help but think if Mel Gibson wasn't off being Mel Gibson and they brought him back for this sequel, they'd have brought her back as well. But I think without him being attached as their big name, They've gone, well, let's just recast. But I reckon if Gibson was coming back, they'd have kept her too. See, I don't know. I, I know that, like, my thoughts go, okay, look, we've made the call not to have, you know, we have some people already going to be, you know, crying out why, whatever. Maybe we don't give, we don't care. 
you think they'd be like, well, let's try and keep as many of the other originals as we can. So then we can at least say, look, we're only losing one and we've got reasons for it, but we're bringing everyone else back. Good effort. And I would feel comfortable with that. I'd be like, that's fine. I get it. Let's, let's do this. But no, nah, to, to just say, let's recast. It's like, okay, well then it's, I don't know. It starts to become a whole yeah, different I, movie. I don't like it. I mean, when the news broke of this sequel, we were, and again, just two weeks ago, we were talking about how a lot of the other cast members outside of Gibson, they're not big actors, really. They mm. consistently work, you know, whether it's, you know, on TV and comedy drama, some like low budget British movies, but they're not big actors. So you think financially, you could bring these people back. But they're obviously choosing not to. We'll just wait and see who else they don't bring back. Um, and you might be right, they might bring none of them back, which would be a shame. It, it just starts to get into territory of, you know, cheap. I think of like the home release Disney sequels from back in the day. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to be that. Like we did a recent review of The Old Guard and that was a co-production between Netflix and Skydance. And Chicken Run 2 is going to be a co-production between Netflix and Aardman. So I don't think it's going to be like one of those cheap... Yeah, so we just need to have faith in Aardman to still put out a good thing. But like I said, um, red flags are starting to pop up and you know I'm getting a, obviously a little bit worried, but we'll, we'll wait and see how, as things develop. Maybe I'm freaking out for no reason, but it is a shame to, to lose it. Um, the Grey Man. Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans will star in... The Grey Man, a blockbuster thriller directed by the Russo brothers. Um, it will be Netflix's most financially ambitious feature with the aim of creating a James Bond-level franchise. That is very ambitious. I like the sound of all of that. So The Grey Man, are we thinking, is it... I mean, it's a thriller, but is it going to be like an espionage-type thing in the same sort of, I guess tone genre realm of bond or are I mean, they saying, saying that i mean the same james bond. Of... so you think in spy action yeah. espionage all of that but by having ryan gosling and chris evans in front of the camera and then in some capacity or not, or not even some directing you've got the russo brothers i mean come on and remember Have the last watched... time the russo brothers directed chris evans we got avengers endgame good <laughs> okay. movie have you watched any other Russo Brothers stuff since? Not that they've directed. I mean, I don't think they have directed since. Oh, I've they've not directed anything. No, I thought they'd they, anything. they've produced. Um, oh, either right. individual, individually or together, they've written. Like they, they produced uh, Extraction, and one of them, I can't remember which, but one of the Russo Brothers wrote that movie. Okay, so all right, I thought they had actually directed no. a few things, but they haven't. All right, cool, cool. They've been all waiting. Right. They've been waiting for the right project. They've been sounds, waiting. Sounds like this could be it. I mean, I'd imagine uh, with Extraction, Netflix would have given them a certain amount of freedom. You've got Chris Hemsworth as the star of that one. Yeah, I'm, again, I like, I like everything about what you just said there about the grey man. <laughs> And I can watch it on a spend a bit of money, so that's okay. <laughs> the effects should be good, <laughs> I guess. The Invisible Man director Lee Winnell is in talks to write and direct Universal and Blumhouse's upcoming Wolfman movie, starring Ryan Gosling. Yeah, so we've spoken about um, Wolfman, and we were like, 
they, what they should do is just try and do everything the Invisible Man did. Just capture all of that, put it in a bottle, do it again, just with Wolfman. They must have listened. So this works. This works for me. <laughs> like, they must have listened. Because because that, got, yeah. Yeah. So we didn't have a director last time, obviously, and now we do. So yeah, in talks, though. Yeah. Last time we just had the star, Gosling. Uh, but now, yeah, we're now, is it talks to go <laughs> direct and write? So I'm pretty. Why not? Pretty Why excited. Not? And you know what? Just give them one every, you know, every year or every other year or something. And then go from there and just see what happens. Just like, don't get too excited about it, but just see what happens. I mean, like, but it's interesting, do... you know, I mean, we talked about the, these could just be standalone movies. If you look they at it. They could, and that'd be fine. It would be fine. But the fact they've gone to Winnell, who did potentially Ground Zero, if it is going to be a shared universe with the Invisible Man. Anyway, we'll have to wait and see. Well, Bird Box is getting a sequel called Mallory. And this takes place several years after the events of Bird Box. Uh, It'll feature the returning characters and the insanity-inducing unseen monsters of the original. Yeah, Netflix are doing sequels to their own movies now, which is good, I guess, I suppose. Bird Box is, was one of, I guess, maybe... I'm assuming it's up there in like, their highest viewed or yes, something. Yes, it is. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, it was a big movie for them, and it was a good movie as well. And, yeah, so the, the novel is close to being finished, and then they're going to do a, an adaption of the novel as a sequel to the movie. Which is obviously called Mallory. So the novel's called Mallory, yes. I'm guessing. Yes, okay. So where they're, they're going to call this together. movie Bird Box 2 Mallory? I think if they just called it Mallory, they might not reach everybody they want to reach. They could do that annoying thing where it's like Mallory, semicolon, Bird Box. Maybe. I hate when they do that. I don't know. But either or, they're giving us a sequel <laughs> to a movie that we enjoyed. Uh, well. Well, I enjoyed Okay. A sequel okay. to a movie <laughs> at least... Yeah. 50% of the podcast enjoyed. Um, well, that's it for movie news. Now on to TV news. The Batman director, Matt Reeves, and Boardwalk Empire creator, Terrence Winter, are developing a Gotham City set police procedural uh, series for the for HBO Max, potentially called Gotham Central. Who knows? That's my hope. It's untitled <laughs> at this time. When yep. we first got the Fox Gotham show. I thought that was going to be Gotham Central. It ended up not being that <laughs> at all. Well, I mean, a lot of people will make that comparison with this and say, look, we've had that. Like Gotham was, you know, the you know, Gotham Police Department TV show. But the big but difference it- here, though, is this will be set in the same universe as the Robert Pattinson Batman film, and Jeffrey Wright is returning to play James Gordon. And this will be a prequel series. That's right. So obviously big differences between this and, you know, that Gotham show. What worked in that Gotham show was probably the police procedural stuff. And then, you know, when it was about little Bruce Wayne, it kind of became crazy bonkers. This is a Batman show. So if this show does keep to just literally being, you know, what it is, like a, a Gotham police department show, I think it could work. The, the, initially, the idea of, of like, hey, we're doing a spin-off of this movie that's not released yet, this movie that, in my mind, is coming together and seeming like something really, you know, 
quite unique and cool. And then it's like, hey, we're doing a spin-off TV show. It's kind of like, okay, now it seems cheapened. But I'm trying not to think that way. I would, I would, I would agree if it wasn't for the fact that not only is it Matt Reeves, who is the director of the Batman, they've gone to Boardwalk Empire's Terrence Winter. Like they're not yeah. owning this. And he's here. done a and whole he's... bunch, hasn't he? I can't remember yeah. a lot of the stuff he's done, but I was looking at the list be... of things that he's done, and it's mad. This is going to be on HBO Max, where they don't need to deliver a certain number of episodes. You know, again, the easy comparison is Gotham. Well, they had to give like a full TV network season of like 22, yeah. 23, however many episodes. Whereas with this, it could be like a 10-part, one-hour drama. And it's going to be a prequel yeah. series that is going to be building the world. And then they're going to show us why Gotham needs a Batman. And that's what we're going to get with Robert Pattinson. I'm very intrigued, but I'm hoping it is. I mean, just call it Gotham Central and have it be like that Greg Rooker comic because it's brilliant. We've got some more Batwoman news because that's what the podcast is now. It's where we get together and talk about Batwoman. I think it's maybe the third, fourth consecutive show we've had something to say about Batwoman. But the big thing we have to say now, though, Javicia Leslie has been cast as the new Batwoman in the... CW series, Leslie, who will take over the lead role from Ruby Rose, will become the first black actress to play Batwoman in a live-action TV or film production. Years ago, we got a direct-to-home release uh, Batman animated movie that featured a black Batwoman. But again, what we're saying here is it will be the first live-action. So, I mean... I'm all for it. Like the, you know, I'm not familiar with the actress, but I'm sure she'll be fine in uh, whatever the role requires her to do. But you know, my stance still remains the same. Obviously, there this will be a new character who will don the the Batwoman, um, I guess, identity and stuff like that. I know that happens in the comics. You know, like uh, you know, characters retire and new characters come in and fill the shoes. But again, with what the TV series has laid out in their first season. I'm assuming all the characters that we've already met have a somewhat of a connection to Ruby Rose's Batwoman. So it's like, okay, now there's going to be the new, this new main character. Are all those other characters irrelevant? I don't know. How are they going to do it? Explain it to me. In the show, the key makes supporting characters, but for the the CW and DC, like the fact that, Ruby Rose's Batwoman was so prominent in Crisis and Infinite Earths, the most ambitious crossover they've ever done. They've got to be bothered by that. We talked about that before. But yeah, we're getting a brand new Batwoman. I like the fact that they've stated they will not be killing off Kate Kane. So even though she won't feature as Batwoman no more, she's still out there somewhere. So that I'm okay with. Because things could change down the line. Maybe she'll come back. Maybe she won't. More likely, she won't. But we have our new Batwoman. I'm curious if they're going to keep the same costume. Are they going to make some changes? We'll just have to wait and see. I'm still, I just think it's, I still think it's stupid. But whatever. I don't ever watch the show. But I, you know, it angers me so much. <laughs> I mean, it obviously um, did yeah. well enough for them to want to continue. They want to continue. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It, I don't know. I can't. I don't want to just. But as you say, you don't watch the show. This guy, I watched the whole season, all of it. But I mean, <laughs> I'll get there. 
I'll get there, but you're this too far behind. Happen. We've talked about this off air. Many nah, times. it can. Ha- yeah, no, it won't happen. I'm you're too, too far. way too busy. <laughs> what am I up to? Like season four of Arrow? Yeah, I got no chance. <laughs> Stargirl has officially been renewed for season two. Uh, it will now exclusively air on the CW and will no longer stream on DC Universe. Oh, brilliant. Well, that makes my point earlier null and void. (laughs) When I use Stargirl as an example of streaming in two places or being made available in two places. Is DC Universe pretty much done? Not officially. I mean, it's still US only. And I mentioned earlier, Doom Patrol has already moved to HBO Max. So the only thing... Mm. The only live-action show original that DC Universe still has is Titans, which is coming back for a third season. But yeah, Stargirl season two, CW. Honestly, get on season one. I'll it's start. See, I can start this show without having to finish the rest of the Arrowverse or at least catch up. So it's good. An all-new animated Star Wars series is coming to Disney Plus. The Clone Wars spin-off, The Bad Batch, will debut in twenty twenty-one. Right now, you're not a big fan of Clone Wars, or you are? I've just not seen it. No, I I like what I've seen. I went to the movies to see the first animated feature-length thing they put out, (laughs) just because I thought it's probably going to be my last opportunity to watch a new Star Wars film on the big screen. How wrong was I? (laughs) Force Awakens (laughs) onwards. But yeah, I've seen that. So the feature-length, and I've seen the pilot. I watched it on Disney+, and then I was looking at how many episodes I had to watch. And it was just too overwhelming. So when they came back <laughs> with that final season, I thought, oh, here's Disney Plus with new content. But I can't watch it because I've not seen what's come before. And now we're getting a spin-off to something that I've not seen. Great. <laughs> Although they give me time to catch up. I've got until next year. Well, I, looked into, I looked into these guys. These are, apparently, these are like a, I think it's just like a ragtag team of some I think they're either clones or maybe well, that's clones. what they are. The, the I clones. forget. I don't know. The There's cl- some group. I know enough that they're clones that have individual yeah, personalities, and you know, like, I think one's got. That a doesn't sound like clones at all. <laughs> but that's the whole point: is that they like a splinter group, like they left everyone else. Oh, hence the bad, bad batch. Like yes. they didn't work. And these didn't work. They're like we created people. <laughs> You know, I have seen Rebels, and these characters did appear in Rebels. So I have, I've got some, some knowledge of them. But yeah, there's no way I can watch The Bad Batch without watching <laughs> all of The Clone Wars. Yeah, I've got to tell you, like, this doesn't... Like, I'm not excited about this at all. I'm like, okay, it's a thing. That's fine. If people are a fan of The Clone Wars and it can continue in some capacity, that's great. If people are a fan of these characters, that's great. But... I don't know. Not for me at this stage anyway. Unless I watch Clone Wars like yourself. Yeah, the which same. Which hasn't so, happened. So to watch this show, we've got homework. Yeah. Essentially. That's a lot of, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Zachary Quinto and Walking Dead's uh, Carrie Payton have joined the cast of Robert, Robert Kirkman's Invincible animated series. Um, Quinto will be voicing the role of Robot, while Payton will be voicing Black Samson. And if you're unfamiliar, Invincible follows a teenager named Mark Grayson, whose father is the most powerful superhero on the planet. I've been meaning to read this for the longest time. Maybe in anticipation of this animated series, I will. 
So I know of it, but I'm not overly familiar. I felt as though you were going to be the same, and that's why I included that very brief description on what. Yeah, the, I what I the know is. I know of it, and I think I know the basics, which is essentially that. Um, but it's a, yeah, it's always been an interesting sort of concept and stuff. Um, but Robert Kirkman, you know, I, I do enjoy The Walking Dead, so there's that. <laughs> uh, and yeah, Zachary Quinto. Yeah, I'm on board. And we've talked about, you know, we've talked casting before. Um, well, his voice for this, keep in mind, <laughs> this is animated. But we've talked about before, uh, Mark Hamill, he's in the cast. And yeah, they've got a really good cast for this. Um, yeah, cool. Has Quinto done animated work before? Or Yes, he has done, I'm blanking, but I do know he's done a DC animated movie and probably um, one we've reviewed, unless maybe probably. He's in, maybe he's in the new one, um, Superman Man of Tomorrow, but his name's ringing a bell. We've talked about him recently. Oh, that might be it, actually. I, I, when, we, when we eventually do that one, if that is him, we'll be like, hey, <laughs> it was him. And you know what? And we'll remember this we'll, moment. We will. It'll but be nice. No matter where he appears, he's probably Lex. I'd say Quinto <laughs> Lex Luthor. <laughs> And if not, cast him. Um, the boys. This is um, this is interesting. Carl Urban's Billy Butcher will get his own short film alongside the boys' second season. So we're going to get to learn more about his character. So whether that's going to was the same alongside there, or whether they're going to have it as be a teaser ahead of the season two premiere. But I'm interested. It's a short film, so like just like a, he gets a his own little episode kind of thing. Yeah, so you're going to get to know more about him away from the team. Whether it's a flashback or a side adventure. And they say short films, so I'm thinking, what, five minutes, ten minutes. But either or, it's going to be on Prime. So if you've got Prime, you're watching The Boys anyway, this will be made available to you. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, The Usagi Chronicles, um, an all-new animated series based on Stan Sakai's iconic Usagi Yojimbo graphic novels following the descendant of the legendary warrior Miyamoto Usagi is coming to Netflix. So this is Samurai Rabbit, the Usagi Chronicles. To give it the full title. So the only exposure I've had with this character is when years ago they did a crossover Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That is my (laughs) only exposure. Are you familiar with this character? I have no idea what this is. Why not? Blue robes. (laughs) Samurai's nothing, mate. Okay. (laughs) Makes sense, the the crossover with Ninja Turtles. I mean, that that checks out. That seems in line. And I'm sure it's happened on more than one occasion. Okay. Coming to Netflix. That's all I've got. Oh, oh, sticking with Netflix, in fact, the last two stories in Netflix, Chilling Adventures of Sabina creator Roberto Aguirre Sasuke revealed the cancelled part five Witch War storyline would have involved Riverdale. So we're getting no more Sabrina. The show is cancelled and they put up some promo art for Riverdale and Sabrina and that's the direction that the show was going to go in. So Riverdale will still continue on Netflix, but Sabrina has been cancelled. But if you do still want to see how that story pans out, it will continue in the pages of a Chilling Adventures of Sabrina comic book. Could they not do like what 
you know, take a page out of the Arrowverse, you know, like say with Constantine and like feature him, how they feature him in, you know, other shows. Could they not like, as they're continuing Riverdale, just be like, hey, Sabrina's popped up and then they could do some fun stuff, you know, special one episode or two episodes or something, you know, have a crossover there with the now cancelled show. I I think they could still make it happen. I mean, to us, that makes sense, but we don't know what's happening behind the scenes. But either way, they're going to still get to tell that story, but in comic form. That Sabrina, I couldn't get past part one. And that's how they release seasons, don't they? They refer to them as... Yeah, that's all I did as well. Like, I just... It wasn't inherently bad or anything. Like, it was perfectly fine. I don't know. I just... I just wasn't. Yeah, I'm the, yeah. It wasn't you know for me. What? I don't know. Exactly the same. I didn't watch <laughs> it and think, oh, you know, this is badly put together or badly acted or anything like that. I just thought, you know what? Not for me. <laughs> I really like, I really like that. What's her name? Kin and Sk- Simpka or whatever. I yes. really like her as Sabrina though. Like, she's nice. <laughs> but yeah, no, so, I, I stopped and I had no intention of going back. And I definitely and I'm guessing no intention now. Obviously, also don't watch Riverdale, so... I did the pilot. How was it? <laughs> I did four episodes. Oh, okay. That was too much. <laughs> that was too much. But what's our last Netflix story? Dead to Me has officially been renewed for a third and final season by Netflix. I was so prepared to say cancelled. I was just... I don't know. I just thought it was cancelled. Um, but yeah, renewed for a third and final season. I'm okay with that. I really like this show. Like both the leads, Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini, they're great in this show. I've got two episodes left on season two, uh, but it's great. And the idea that they've got an ending planned and they've got a whole season to, to wrap up the story, I like that. I think that's why in my mind I was like, didn't this? Isn't this being cancelled? It's because yeah, a final season. But it's always good when a show does have time to say this will be our final season therefore we can plan for it and we can yeah. finish it and for this show ones. three seasons is enough like do you watch this no but i've seen snippets of it and so i've got an idea of what the type it's of really good is and, and at times it's really funny at times it's really sad and it's heavy and there's there's always so much going on there's always like this constant you're getting hit over the over the head with consequences and bad decisions so the idea that they're going to stop at three, I don't think I could take anymore. It's such an emotional roller coaster watching this show, but it's brilliant. I, I love Dead to Me. It's a really good show. That almost sounds like you want to recommend it. But, uh... <laughs> it, does, it does sound like that. Um, I'll let you. Okay, so that's uh, TV news. We will do our recommends, and I'll I'll let you go first. I'm recommending one of Hulu's latest uh, releases, Palm Springs. Have you seen this, heard of this? I've heard of it, and it looks you want... fantastic. I do want to see this. Andy Samberg. Yes, Andy Samberg, uh, Kristen Milioti from How I Met Your Mother, Black Mirror, whatnot. Um, J.K. Simmons is also in this. Basically, without revealing too much, uh, comedy or romantic comedy, as well a little bit of weird sci-fi in there also just for fun but mainly mainly comedy think groundhog day but just turned on its ear it's not it's not a groundhog day ripoff it's not a 
um, Happy Death Day ripoff. It's it's its own thing. It is that sort of time loop kind of story, but they they just do. 15 minutes into the movie, I was like, oh, like there's a there's a whole thing and it's it's not what I expected. Don't look into the movie at all. Just watch it. Just track it down and watch it. It's worth it. Oh, and I so already, yeah, already want to see it. It looks brilliant. I've heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah. I was curious because, oh, I mean, I watched, like I'd, I'd seen a little bit of the trailer and I was curious and I was like, oh, okay, let's, um, I was like, let's check it out. Give it a whirl and just see how it goes. I wasn't expecting too much. And I was like, you know, I really do. And like Andy Samberg and Kristen Milioti. So I was like, let's do it. Seems like a good pair. I figured it'd probably just be more romantic than comedy. Um, but then watching, I was just like, no, nah, this is just just silly, goofy fun. But like with a lot of heart as well. So yeah, definitely worth a watch. Yeah, I mean, I was going to anyway, but I will take your recommendation. Yes, do For my <laughs> recommend, remember before we were talking about Robert Kirkman and before the Walking Dead TV series, he was the comic guy. Well, Kirkman has a brand new series, one that he created with Chris Samney. The name of the series is Firepower. All the release so far, it's volume one, it's about 150 pages and it's prelude. So it's setting up the monthly comic and then that'll be eventually collected in a separate volume but for me the appeal was Chris Samney's art and I'm a huge fan of his I have been since reading uh, Mark Wade's Daredevil like his heart just jumps off the page it's colorful and yeah big fan of his art the story though admittedly it looks and sounds like Iron Fist it really oh. does and I uh, so the main thing I'm enjoying and what I'm recommending it is the art, and I'm sure it's going to more it's it's going to be more than just a take on Iron Fist. It's going to be its own thing. But you've got characters that are learning these martial arts moves to create a fireball. Yeah, it sounds very Iron <laughs> Fist, but it's not. It is firepower, <laughs> and I'm recommending the first volume prelude. So we're following the character Owen Johnson. He journeys to China. He's learning about his birth parents. He grew up, uh, I think he was adopted or foster care. And he wants to know the, like who his parents really were. But then maybe there's some like dark mystery or conspiracies going on. And it's, usually... it's a fun martial arts tale. But again, what I'm recommending is Chris Samney's art mainly because it's just stunning to look at. Uh, but Firepower does look and read a lot like Iron Fist. So look past that. Okay. It is, <laughs> it is its own thing. So um, there's only the prelude issue released so far? Is that yeah, all? Yeah, so far. So they did an interesting thing. So this is um, an, an image release. And they put together this first collection, which is a prelude to the actual story. And it was going to be, they put out this original graphic novel first and then free comic book day was going to be the first issue. And then the following issues will come out once a month. But with COVID, it's disrupted free comic book day and the dates have been moved. So I think this original graphic novel did get delayed for a time, but now it's been released. We just need to wait and find out when the free comic book day issue gets released. But there you go. It's something a little bit different. I've not recommended yeah. a comic for quite a while. It just 
came about organically. And we just happened to be talking about Kirkman earlier with Invincible. Okay, so that's it for the recommend section. And as always, uh, we like to have a little bit of trivia. And I was some Fletch trivia. So if we go back to the Chevy Chase movie, Gregory MacDonald, the author of the Fletch novels, had casting approval over the film. He rejected both Mick Jagger and Burt Reynolds before he decided on Chevy Chase for the lead. (laughs) And Chevy Chase said that Fletch was his favorite role because he was the character closer to himself. So it's a role that he really (laughs) enjoyed playing. But then I was looking beyond that. So that was interesting. The original creator, the writer of the novel, having casting approval for the film, that's interesting. But what I didn't know, at one point, Kevin Smith had written a script for a prequel to this film with Jason Lee playing Fletch. The studio, Miramax, and it was Harvey Weinstein, I'm going to put it out there, at the time, he wouldn't let Smith use Lee because he wasn't a big enough star. And then he got tied up with another movie happening at Disney, Girls of, oh no, Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. Ended up being Matthew McConaughey, but originally was going to be Ben Affleck. So what Miramax was saying, if you have Affleck in your Fletch movie, then we'll make it. So for a time, Ben Affleck was attached to being a prequel to Fletch. He drops out and the whole movie just fell by the wayside. But the title of that movie was going to be Fletch One. (laughs) So there you go. The number one, one. yeah. That's a lot, isn't it? That's a lot of trivia, but there you go. So there's Kevin Smith, there's Matthew McConaughey, Ben Affleck. Very interesting. There we go. Well, that's it for our movie show. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Street Podcast. And all our episodes can be found on our website, thatfilmstreetpodcast.com. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review of The Old Guard, Sounds Like Comics have a new episode looking at Hulk from 2003 and Rewind and Review recently went back 20 years to revisit Chicken Run. And stay tuned for our upcoming review of Relic. You've been listening to Luke and Jason, the guys from that film, Stu. See you soon. Bye.